Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Authentic Your Media, featuring radio, TV, webinars, and live events worldwide. And today, presenting the debut show of Interviews with Authentic You, with your co-host, Michelle Abo, author, international speaker, also known as the Celebrity Numerologist, and Jeffrey Miller, author, international speaker, and also known as the Interventionist. And now, here's Michelle and Jeff. Enjoy the show. Well, good afternoon to the entire planet. What a glorious day. And thank you for being with us today on Interviews with Authentic You. Uh, wow, this, this is such a great day. I wanted to just ditch up with a little bit of news. Michelle will not be on the show with us today. She's had some family issues that have come up, and she's addressing that. She might be able to pop in as a quick, but that's already. We just send her the best and thought for that. And we have a fantastic show for you today. We have a very special VIP guest. And before I get to that, I want to thank you all so very, very much for your continued listening to this show and the great comments we receive, those that call into the show. It has really been fantastic, and I am humbled, believe me, that we are able to offer this level of contribution to you with our premier show, Interviews with Authentic You. As you know, Authentic You Media is our parent company. It hosts quite a few shows, and we actually have six brand new shows coming on board within the next 30 days of wonderful topics from all over the planet, by the way, two from New Zealand, potentially at least one from Australia, possibly another one we're going to be talking about tomorrow, and UK, etc. So, you know, this is fantastic. And what is more important than talking about authenticity? What is more important than people realizing and recognizing themselves in that authenticity? You've got to look at yourself and say, am I being authentic with me? Am I being real? Am I who I'm supposed to be, or am I walking in a facade? It's very important these days to open up to that and recognize that. Most people are, but still, you may know somebody that needs a little bit of help and guidance in that area. By all means, reach out to them. Help them be themselves, and by all means, as we say in our logo on Authentic You Media, be you, because that is your authenticity. And with that said, And without further ado, I would like to talk to you uh, today, right now, about our special guest, Sarah Ellis. Sarah is from London in the UK, and we're very, very pleased to have her with us on the show today, and she's waiting to speak with you and to talk all about a very special subject. First, Sarah Ellis is a qualified psychotherapist and hypnotherapist. She trained with the world's experts in the field and for the last 12 years has run a highly successful practice from London's Harley Street. And I can't put that accent in there, guys, you know, being from New England, but (laughs) she has been featured in the UK's most prominent media, such as the Daily Mail and the Sunday Times. She is a writer and contributes to online magazines. In addition to this, she is also a broadcaster and hosts her own show in the UK about similarities to what we'll be speaking about today, sex and relationships. That is an amazing subject. The title for today, folks, is Intimacy in All Forms with the lovely Sarah Ellis from London in the UK. Sarah, welcome to the show. 
Oh, thank you so much, Jeffrey. What a delightful introduction. And can I just say, I am so excited to be on your show tonight, as well as being extremely flattered that you asked me in the first place to be a guest. But I'm so excited because I know that when you and I talk, we always have great fun, and it can get a bit saucy. <laughs> <laughs> I love that saucy. You know, I don't know what we call it over here in the States, uh, juicy or something like that. That's fun. Uh, yes, sir. Oh, okay. I also thank you because I also last fall was very privileged to be on a show with you and actually a guest on your show in London talking about love, romance, and intimacy in relationships, and we spent a lovely hour one late afternoon here last fall, and uh, it was wonderful, and I enjoyed it, and thank you. I was humbled by that experience as well, so welcome to the show. Oh, my gosh, yes, thank you, and that was a great fun show that we had together, and it's always great to get a man's point of view on things, so we had a lot of listeners, and I had a lot of great feedback about that. (laughs) Absolutely. I think the motto is, no matter what country you live in, it takes two to tango, so which, oh, it's, all, yes. it's all about the dance, isn't it, Sarah? You know, and intimacy in the form that you will be speaking about is like the dance, as you say, the dance. It's uh, absolutely beautiful you Figure the, when you understand the flow of relationships. And we're not just talking about personal intimacy and sex. We're talking about all forms. However, we will be touching on that subject, I'm sure. Sarah, I would love you to get a little bit more of an intro out to our worldwide audience. You you are very, very well known in the UK and Europe uh, in your own radio show, and, and an absolutely fantastic show. Listen to it a number of times. The guests, the quality of the guests, the topics have been absolutely phenomenal. I mean phenomenal. So would you let our, our guests know today, you're now, your guests here worldwide from every corner of the planet. Uh, you know, who you are, so to speak, and and where and how did you get to who you are today? Absolutely, it would be my pleasure. I, my journey started, I had, like a lot of people, a somewhat challenging (laughs) upbringing in childhood, but I believe that we choose our families before we're born, so I absolutely love and adore my family, and I think the lessons that I I learned were I was meant to learn them, so, so that's great. Uh, but had a challenging upbringing. A my mum had a lot of issues around food, and this resulted in me having an eating disorder in my teens. So I was watching all the videos on MTV and thinking that I should be really skinny like the girls I saw in the videos. So I was doing these silly diets. Now, everybody knows that if you do a silly diet, it's going to be followed by some kind of binge because you can't sustain that level of repressing your appetite. I mean, I was doing things like eating one apple and one black coffee and drinking a black coffee a day. So um, I would get really skinny and then I would binge. So I yo-yoed for many years and all so throughout my late teens and the most of my 20s I was up and down and I have different photos where I look very skinny and then somewhere I'm very overweight obese and Mm. it reached the point when I was 27 in my late 20s when I thought okay I've tried every diet going 
they don't work. Well, that's not actually true. Diets do work. Losing the weight is the easy bit. It's maintaining the the weight loss and, and keeping a healthy weight that was the big challenge for me. So I thought I have to look at the head reasons why I am doing this. And I I think everything happens for a reason. And I found myself in this situation where I had really reached rock bottom. I had been dumped by a boyfriend. Now, nobody, nobody wants that. That's a horrible situation. No. But, <laughs> but then even worse, I was living in a shared house with a couple that were really lovey-dovey. So it, it just doesn't uh-huh. get any worse. You've been dumped, and then right under your nose is this lovey-dovey couple. So I... Oh, and... It could get worse because I was also broke at the time and in a in a very unhappy situation. So all I could do was sit in my room and read. And I it was God's will that I came upon two books. One was Louise Hay, You Can Heal Your Life. Right. And Remember, this was 20 years ago, so she wasn't as, you know, the the global phenomenon that she is now. And another one was Sondra Ray, who's American as well. She's a rebirther, and the book was uh, The Only Diet There Is. And I read these books, and I just, and some other books as well, and I just absolutely immersed myself in them, looked at all the, the psychological side of why I was eating, and learn how to stop it and how to do affirmations and frame things in, in the positive, how to love my body, and things began to turn around for me. Yeah. And I decided at that point that my life's mission was to uplift others to the joy and the enlightenment that I've found. And I've, I've kept the weight off. That was 20, well, yeah, yeah, 20 years ago. And wow. I, I have... Not only kept the weight off, but I now have great energy. I I live in a body that I love because a lot of overweight people will know that it's not just about being overweight. They they cloak themselves in dark clothes. They can't wear the clothes they want to wear. They lack energy. So so yes, I absolutely turn things around. And I must say, Jeffrey, um, there was another pivotal point in me manifesting a fantastic body and that was as I began losing the weight through these methods using the the mind techniques I I started to lose the weight and look great and I, I could wear all the amazing clothes that I couldn't wear before so I was going out and I met this guy so you know it has a, a it's a great story after being dumped I met this gorgeous guy and oh, this might be a bit too saucy for your show, but uh, we the sex was really great, and I just spent th- the f- three days in bed with him having fabulous sex. Oh goodness! And <laughs> and I met up with my girlfriend for a coffee, and she I walked through the door, and she said, "Okay, I've got to be careful now. I'm not going to use the word that she used. She used the F word. I'm not going to use that oh, yeah. on your show." Um, and I'd what, have to blip you out for that one. No, uh, she, what, what's a, look, in England we use the word bonk. So okay. That's a, 
Okay. I'm nice. No, everybody knows what the F word is. I'm going to say bonk. I walked through the door and she said, oh, my God, you've been bonked gorgeous. <laughs> everybody knows that when you are having great sex, the most oh, wonderful well, chemicals are being produced in your body, endorphins, the most amazing chemicals that just make you feel and look great. Your complexion improves, your circulation is great, and and I lost weight. I mean, obviously, swinging from the chandeliers for three days, I I lost weight. Uh, so yeah. I lost weight. And so that's that is where it came in that I realised that there was a connection between sex, intimacy, getting our most intimate needs met and feeling good and losing weight and manifesting a great body. And I think that everybody should be feeling great and looking great if they want to, when they're ready. It's not for me to say. Uh, there's a great saying, when the pupil is ready, the teacher appears. And exactly. I'm there well, I, whenever people want to so, find me, yes. Right. So that's right. my story. <laughs> there you go. Well, you know, you lost, if I remember correctly, somewhere between 55 and 60 pounds, and that's going back about 19 years ago. Is that correct? That's right, yes. Wow. Now, you think about that, folks, okay, to be able to lose that. We hear about it, you know, the biggest loser programs, and and God bless you and God bless them for maintaining that mindset because it is a mindset. And that is where I love to discuss these type of situations in life, these issues in life that people come up with because you've got to develop that mindset. You've got to. And, you know, it's one thing to hit rock bottom as you did. The other thing mm. is you've come up with a technique in your mind that you do not let go of no matter what, that you set yourself to it and say, I will achieve it, and I will believe I can do it, and therefore I shall achieve it. You know, it's to conceive, believe, and achieve, which really goes along with that, that great uh, Think and Grow Rich, Napoleon Hill. You know, they talk about the secret, uh, the laws of attraction. And isn't it true, though, Sarah? I mean, you know, you and I are both hypnotherapists. Uh, we deal with clients all the time, and when we start with a client, what's one of the first things we need to look for? Are they serious? Do they really want to change? And isn't it amazing that the mind sets people up in that fear state that sometimes the fear is a more comfortable place than the fear of change? You, however, you rallied, and yeah, you know, you might say maybe the sex had something to do with it, but the bottom line is you found a reason that you wanted to set yourself up mentally to say, nope, that's not who I am, that's not who I'm going to be, I'm not going to live in these debilitating beliefs, I'm not going to have negative self-talk, I'm not going to have low self-esteem as a result of people. I mean, think about it, how many people out there that feel that today that are overweight don't feel good, and they really don't feel good. I mean, you know that. Health-wise, they, mm. they continue to eat unhealthy. They don't have the drive. There's something lacking, and it's, and it's, it's our state of mind. It's our state Absolutely. of mind. And you, myself, you must come across that quite a bit as well. Oh, yes, completely. I see this a lot with my clients, and I loved the introduction that you gave about being authentic because you're absolutely right. So many people live their lives disconnected from their real feelings, who they really are. They try to please people. They do things 
that they think is conforming to what's wanted or expected of them, they right. often are in unha- they stay in unhappy sham marriages. They are in unfulfilling jobs and relationships and friendships. I did it for many years, and I really had to. I came face to face with myself, and I knew that I deserved better. And we live in a society that disempowers us because we are constantly bombarded by images of unrealistic images of bodies and supposedly sexy people, and also very salacious images. And they're getting more and more salacious. Sorry to sound. Uh, I know that I I switch between being very saucy and and quite (laughs) prudish. (laughs) But that's good because that's the side of the coin that we have to look at when we're looking at all of this. Absolutely. Yeah, but the programs and the magazines, uh, I don't know. Yeah, you have the same programs and the, the magazines. These celebrity magazines, where you, they're so salacious. It's that they're taking off more and more clothes. They're revealing more and more of their private lives and their sex lives. So we're bombarded by images of these celebrity couples supposedly having amazing sex, so we're made to feel inadequate, and then there's an industry that promotes food that makes us fat, unhealthy, and unhappy. And we are constantly buying into that industry as well. So I don't know if... Well, I do know actually for a fact that I was there, and I can't remember the name of the chocolate advert. I think it might have been Flight. When I was in America, there was this advert where you see the the camera is at the bottom of the the toilet um, stalls, you know, a public toilet stall, and you see a man's feet go into the toilet and then a woman's feet going in, and you hear all this groaning and and erotic sounds, so you think that it's a man and woman having sex. And then it goes down to the third cubicle, and it's a woman eating this flight bar in the throes of orgasm. I know, I know. (laughs) Mm, yeah, <laughs> I won't do it. I won't. I won't do it when Harry met Sally. Um, so, and I You're personally, exactly, exactly yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, think so about. Do you see? The, yeah, the what, irony there. Yeah. And what are the, what are they teaching the children? Now that has changed to a great degree. But when we think about that, what were the two most famous dolls that every child had to have? Bobby and Ken. You know, and Bobby was this sumptuous, beautiful creature that wore the the most sculpted bikini you can ever imagine. And Ken was the perfect man. And these images of these people in Hollywood that men and women both have had to look up to all of these years, and really it sets people up for a negative self-belief. Because many, many, many people, I can't do it. That's not who I am, and but that is what society, and you know there's a bottom line sentence to that, and it's called sex sells. Yes, it does, but the irony is that the more people buy into this salacious imagery, they feel inadequate, they feel bad about their bodies, they are more likely to eat the unhealthy food, not take good care of themselves, and so they're, then they're manifesting the bodies they don't like and that's it they're absolutely hooked in to that downward spiral then of living in bodies they hate comfort eating binge eating being disempowered and it's a very difficult cycle to break and that is why god made me because i can help people break that cycle and take back the power 
and begin to love and honor their bodies and really manifest a body that they love and they love living in and also get their intimate needs met and their most authentic needs met, yes. That's fantastic. And that that brings me to a very, very, very good question about in talking about this. Uh, you know, also as a strategic interventionist, hypnotherapist, and I, I also pro, uh, work in NLP in my program, 21 Days to Change Your Mind, which you and I have talked to us, Sarah. You with your mm. clients, you, you yourself, okay, you had to stay in that state. You had to keep the pounds off. You had to keep yourself healthy. You had to keep that attitude about yourself that you looked good, you know. And it wasn't it wasn't walking around saying you're too sexy for the dress or too sexy for the pants, you know. It was it was simply mm. this. You had to do it. How did you do that? Oh, I did a bit of that as well, Jeffrey. I did a bit of I'm too sexy for these. <laughs> <laughs> Well, funnily enough, I mean, there was the affirmations, as anyone that's listening is familiar with Louise Hay, there were the affirmations, and and trust me, it's difficult at first to do affirmations and say, I'm beautiful, I love my body, when you look in the mirror and the first thing that pops up in your head is, no, I'm not, and, and, you'll, and you will yeah. find faults, right, I promise. Right. You have to go through that, and the more you do it, and I have an absolute golden rule. This is the golden rule I tell my clients about. It works like a charm. If you take just one thing from tonight's show, let it be this. It works like a charm. Don't ever say anything to yourself that you wouldn't say to a friend or someone else. So, you know, we say, you know, well, particularly the Brits, we're very self-effacing. So we say things like, oh, I couldn't wear that. My bum's too big. Uh, you know, there is no way that you would say to your friend, you can't wear that, your bum is too big. So well, you, you wouldn't and you vigilant and catch yourself. Should. Maybe you should say that to friends, but friends wouldn't consider you very, very long as a friend because they would take high offense to it. Yeah. You'd yeah. also be shocked if you were on the outside and you saw someone saying that to a friend or someone else. And yet we think it's okay oh. to speak to ourselves like it. Exactly, exactly, which brings, brings me up to another, and I find this a lot with clients as well, and there is such a fear about changing, but the fear that I'm going to relate to and elate to at this moment is more about how we feel about intimacy, and mm. the intimacy in all levels. In other words, our show title today is Intimacy in All Forms, meaning all levels of life, and that's from your personal inside yourself, how intimate you are with yourself. Can I go to that mirror and say, I love me just the way I am, good, bad, and indifferent, and I'm, I'm working on that every day to improve myself and smile and have a wonderful day. Can people do that? A lot cannot. To that being intimate in a relationship with a partner, with a significant other, husband, wife, etc., can they be intimate in their lifestyle? Can you have a level of that awe, you know, that wow, that wonder that you and I both bring people to in such a state of brainwave when we bring them under trance and hypnosis? It's the fetter, and that's where they are from that two-year-old to seven-year-old when you're a child, and you're this all, everything is so wonderful. Everything is being learned. You're in a state of mind of just sucking it in like a sponge. 
But the levels of intimacy as we go past seven and become teenagers, adolescents, and we're learning how to mix it up with the opposite sex, et cetera, uh, and people in general, just people in general, those levels of intimacy, it's a fear factor. And getting them around the fear factor is an amazing thing. And you had to have had a fear factor as well. And I know you said you used affirmations. You, you know, Louise Hay, I mean, absolutely phenomenal, fantastic, you know, what she has done over the years, along with many others. But talking about fear, what would you say to our audience today about that fear and about overcoming that fear and staying away from it so that they truly can live their lives in all forms of intimacy? Well, it is not for me to tell anyone how to live their lives. Many people are overweight and they're happy and that is their choice. However, probably if you're listening to this show, you were guided here somehow. So you might be interested in how to make changes and manifest a really hot body. So I would say that, yeah, a lot of people are in a comfort zone. And to me, that is one of the biggest misnomers ever. Comfort zone. There's nothing comfortable about a comfort zone. It, it should be re- renamed the hell zone. You are, you are caught and trapped in a debilitating, low self-esteem, limiting beliefs, thinking that you can't do something when you absolutely can. So what I would say is, if you are ready, the journey of a thousand miles starts with one step, and begin begin it by saying, I'm ready. That is, is really as simple as it is, and some people say, that's like hitting the easy button. I just say, I'm yes. ready. But that yes. does something. It really does. If you set yourself up to truly believe you are ready and take that next step and contact Sarah, myself, other phenomenal coaches that are in the industry now that would help guide a person to this state, this new state, and to be able to understand that the fear that you're looking at is a facade. That new fear that you're thinking of, that, that you know, you're happy, you know, comfort, you're, yeah, and I'm going to go back a second on that, Sarah. Comfort is exactly that. When people think, oh, I'm comfortable. Well, quite often we ask folks, are you comfortable? Is there enough heat? Is there enough air conditioning? Have you had enough to eat? Are you comfortable? Yeah. Well, people say, yes, thank you. I am or I'm not. No, I certainly, I would you turn the heat up a little bit? No, it's a little hot in here. Put the air conditioner up a little bit. You know, levels of comfort. But when a person says they are comfortable where they're at in their lifestyle, meaning in their mindset, that's a whole different thing, in a sense, because they need to come out to this place of an understanding. They need to open up to that, who they really are. How comfortable they are is generally, as we said, a facade, because it's a place that they just get stuck in. It's like being stuck in the mud. You drive down the country road, and next thing you know, you boop, and you sink in the mud and you can't get out. And you think, oh, well, I need to walk now. I need to leave the vehicle and walk away because I can't get it out. They get stuck versus getting some guidance and getting some help to understand that that false comfort zone they're in of overeating, over drinking, smoking, bad health, etc., 
doesn't have to be in their life. Does not have to be at all. You are proof of that. So, congratulations on that, Sarah. And all these years later, that's absolutely fantastic. When you talk absolutely. about, I'm too sexy for that. <laughs> you know, I remember I remember that song, and it's quite quite interesting. You know, I'm too sexy for the shirt. I'm too sexy for the hat. What happens to people when, in fact, in their mindset, they have this? this vision of I can't be sexy because I don't have enough will I don't have enough uh, stuff about me to to you know in other words I don't have enough high level esteem what do you say to people about that Sarah anyone can do it stop the excuses look at all the wonderful people in our world Oprah Winfrey she had massive setbacks, you know, that she talks openly about sexual abuse, racism, right. all the things she came up against. She, I mean, okay, that's maybe not the greatest example because she, by her own admission, still has a, a bit of an issue with the weight. But look at the other amazing things that she's achieved in her life. People suffer incredible setbacks and challenges. So you... It is really down to you whether you are going to be the victim or the victor. Mm, how true is that? Now, if people were to think about this today, listening, folks, are you in that state? Are you thinking, no, this all sounds good, but I, I particularly know my situation. How would you know my situation? How would you expect me to change my situation? Life is change. Everything about us, whether you sit still and do nothing, is still changing around you. You are the, are, the, are the smartest creature on the planet. You have the ability in your mindset to do most anything. We don't even know about 90% about what we could do in our minds. But we do know for a fact that people can change their mind. They can bring it to a place of understanding that they are capable of a whole lot more, including living that lifestyle you deserve. And that's exactly what Sarah's talking about. Absolutely fantastic opportunity, folks, to listen to it and get to it today. Think about it, because you can do that. Sarah, that's fantastic. I mean, you know, and, and it does go back, and thank you for bringing that up about the, you know, in the beginning discussing authentic and being in your authenticity. It's a big thing today in the earth, on our earth. People are talking about people being authentic because for too long we have not been. A lot of people from a lot of different areas on this planet have not. And, and it goes into a whole new subject about what we could probably talk hours about, about the lack of authenticity from our leaders, governments, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And unfortunately, we don't have the time for that today, nor is that what we're really talking about. But it is true. Each one of us was to go to our own authentic self and say, hey, this is me I'm talking to in that mirror, and I'm worth it. Done it. I can do better. I know I can do better, and I've just got to help myself enough. I've got to want to do it to change my mind and to get in there. Working with Sarah would be phenomenal because she will help guide you there. I know this for a fact as a hypnotherapist. I know what we can do to help people change like snapping fingers. The biggest thing is to get you there. That said, let's, let's go back to intimacy, Sarah. Uh, yes. 
The levels, I know we talked about this pre-show, the in all forms, the that that you like to discuss on, on your show uh, when you have somebody on yourself and what you, what you are bringing up is very, very important for people is to how to feel intimate with themselves first. Is that not self-love? Absolutely. Love yourself first, and it's probably one of the most difficult things to do. And there was actually, and it's not, well, certainly in in the UK, it's not an attitude that is supported or fostered. As I said before, we're very self-effacing. We like to constantly make jokes about ourselves. And and there is actually a, a term uh, that we use here a lot. I don't know if it's used there. People say, oh, she loves herself, like it's a bad thing. <laughs> Uh, yes, I, I think it would be the most wonderful thing if somebody loved themselves. Mm. Yeah, they're relating to uh, somebody that's walking around like, you know, their thumbs up underneath their armpits and saying, I'm all that in a bag of chips, you know. And, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the yeah. conceited type, you know, the conceited people that think that they are better than everybody else. And we, we know, you and I know, and I, and I don't know if all of you know, but if you know somebody like that, and who can say they don't, believe it or not, those are the folks with the lowest level of personal self-esteem. Yes, and we have to send love to them and bless them. Do We do need to send them all the love and all the blessings. Absolutely true. And anybody that you know, folks, that's in that circumstance, uh, guide them if you can. Mm. And I say if you can because quite often they are stuck in the mud. But that is mm. one thing we can know for sure is that that person, you know, that, that loves themselves in that tone, um, you know, because they think, you know, it's conceit. We call it conceit. That oh, they, yes. they are all right and the world is all wrong. Um, they need a lot of love. They need a lot of guidance. They need to be shown the way. It's, it's possible, believe it or not, it is. And Sarah knows it and I know it. Uh, and a lot, of, a lot of other great coaches and hypnotherapists in the industry know it. Uh, but that is the first form of intimacy is self-love, and I think it is the beginning. And not to be conceited, not to be so full of self, uh, but to be loving of yourself enough to you do take care of yourself. This is that part of that change, right, Sarah? I mean, it's that thing you have to do. You have to bring yourself to that understanding. Absolutely. And uh, somebody that I know that you are a great fan of and someone I'm a great fan of, uh, Tony Robbins, says if you had a thoroughbred racehorse that you were in charge of looking after, would you give it McDonald's? Would you give it pizzas? Would you give it a a cake and a triple espresso? No, you wouldn't. You'd give it the utmost nutrition to keep it in peak form. Why should you be any different with your body? And I came to the point of, you know, as you say, self-love and honoring my body where I said, I'm no longer going to put those toxic rubbish products into my body that make me sick, lacking in energy, unhappy. I'm no longer going to do it to myself any more than I would do it to a pet. And that was the one of the things that really moved me forward was loving and honoring my body. That is a beautiful thought, and yes, thank you for bringing up my mentor, Mr. Anthony Robbins, who I have followed for many, 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 many years, 
uh, actually before he wrote the book Awaken the Giant Within. I've always related to that book, by the way, because, and if, folks, if you haven't read it, I suggest it. And no, this is not a commercial take for Tony Robbins, but it is to be known that he is like the king of what we do. And I say king, he wouldn't want me to say that. He he really, really, <laughs> really pushed it out there to get folks to understand and put together information from all the greats of the day, all the books he was able to, to read. I mean, he reads and reads and reads and reads and put together some of the most phenomenal programs this world has ever seen when it comes to personal development and changing your mind and the, the correct way to eat. He's identified the patterns that we all live in. It does not matter what part of this planet you come from, what language you speak. We all deal within six still, believe it or not, six simple basic human needs. And I'm not going to get into those today. That's another subject for another show, but it is the truth. We all work in those six basic human needs. And because we do, we are like a pattern we can be read and we can be spoken to and worked with to a point where we can guide people as coaches as hypnotherapists we can guide folks to understand where they're working in their mind in more or less the wrong area so it's pretty interesting stuff but that said the next level of intimacy would you go family friendship how would you talk about that sarah uh, yeah, that's a very good point because people often think when I, you know, I run a workshop, which is stop overeating when what you really want is sex. So people, of course, especially in the UK, we have this Benny Hill thing of, you know, laughing and tittering about sex and thinking, ooh, it's all about bonking and swinging from the chandeliers. But actually, when I say intimacy, you will have observed a phenomenon that is going on at the moment of social networking, Facebook and such like, where people aren't getting real human contact. And don't get me wrong, I love Facebook. I I really love it. I've uh, made a, a lot of good friends and contacts through it. But I think it is not a replacement for real face-to-face -face human contact and interrupt interaction and even you know the good old touch people aren't getting their needs met in that way and, and then they're what you know watching the tv programs living their lives through these strange reality tv programs and these celebrities that they don't know so people are becoming more and more cut off from their their basic human needs i mean we all know that that there is a medical term for babies if they are not touched, if they're away from the mother and either the nurses or doctors are not touching them, hugging them, cuddling them. There's a medical term for it, failure to thrive. They do not live without basic human touch and contact. And I think that we're in danger of that becoming a big problem in our society if we keep going towards what I call the soft addictions, TV, the internet. So, so that's something that I look at as well. I totally agree with you, and, and you know, it's amazing the technology we have today, and uh, I think we're blessed as a result of it in many, many ways through the learning aspect of it and the communication that we can. You know, here we are. You're in the UK and London, and I'm over in New England, in the great state of Maine, and we're conversing with the entire planet. Uh, mm -hmm. We. 
archived and be able to be listened to, uh, this show will be forever. As long as there's an ability to listen to it, this show will be available for those to come back and listen to time after time after time. That said, I agree with you. In the day when we did not have the level of social media that we have today, children went out to play. They went out and made friends. They went out and they played in the dirt. And my youth growing up, we were getting ready for the military, so we went out and played Army. But we went out and did something that was active. We were working, we were physically working our bodies and getting hungry because we were tired from running, jumping, playing, playing sports, etc. Today, what do children do? With exception, there are some that still are very much into sports and they're kind of the elite uh, because most are sitting with a Game Boy in their hands or a computer or an iPad or something that is there every waking day. You see them in a restaurant. Children are sitting when they're out to have dinner with their parents. They're not conversing with their parents. They're not having family time. Their fingers are going crazy texting. Mm-hmm. And that's their communication, and that's their level. Their level of intimacy is not spending that quality time with their parents at the dinner, you know, where Dad said, hey, we haven't been out to eat in a couple of weeks. Why don't we all go out to dinner? And the kids go, oh, sure, that'd be great don't particularly want mom's cooking tonight, let's go to dinner. And what do they do the whole time they sit there, but he's kind of bewildered because they're texting. Mm, a nightmare, yes. <laughs> so the level of intimacy that that family could adore upon themselves, to, you know, that communication, that level of love, that's another form of intimacy. That's another form of, of that awe, that, like, wow feeling, because it's a memory. What memory do they really have? Because they weren't conversing with the family. They were conversing with somebody on Facebook or texting somebody because so-and-so uh, broke up with so-and-so or whatever the case may be. And it's kind of sad. But it is where our society is today, and we have made it that way, this social media platform. So we've got to work it smartly. I agree with you. Uh, the Facebook is actually an addiction now. It's listed as an addiction along with drugs, alcohol, et cetera. Uh, because some people mm. can't wait to get up in the morning and turn it on and just to see who said what about who. Mm. And there are a lot of other good on it as well. I utilize it as a business tool. I advertise on it. Um, and I have friends on it as a result. Uh, how you and I met Sarah was strictly probably due to that as well, through other friends. And so it has, mm. a very, has an excellent use. But the level of intimacy, you're absolutely right, that level of touch, that level of feel, that level of looking one in the eye face-to-face, what we call chemistry, is lacking to some degree. And some folks never get it with certain people, although they can remain friends with them. And I think it's great when they choose to have a meet-up and they say, hey, we need to meet. Uh, Many relationships started on the Internet these days, and there's all kinds of dating sites that, that are involved with it, et cetera, which is another whole thing. So then we get to a point of friend friendship intimacy, that love you feel for your girlfriends and, and man friends, et cetera, et cetera, and vice versa. Mm. Well, yes, it's important to, to be fulfilled on those levels as well, which is why I said at the beginning of the show about people, if they're not being authentic, they can fall into being people pleasers, being disconnected from their most authentic needs, and which was certainly the case with me, I found myself often in abusive and unfulfilling friendships. 
people that took advantage of me because I I was very disconnected from my real feelings and my the the core of who I was and my self esteem and my self worth. And it was only when I began to cultivate my self worth through the things that we've talked about, the the self love and all the the resources that you and I know about. It was then that things began to shift for me and the uh shall we call them not so supportive relationships and friendships began to fall aside and I started attracting healthier friendships and relationships. Mm, excellent. Which brings us down to not necessarily the final phase of intimacy, but that really good one where two people who feel the passion and the feelings of love have an intimate mm. with one another. And you very eloquently used the term, and am I saying that right, eloquently? Oh, well, let's use it. Bonking? <laughs> <laughs> You're going to have to translate for the American listeners. No, no. It's, it's a term that we use, bonking. <laughs> the interesting thing about that is that there is there is a level of bonking that is not intimate. And some just, you know, partake in what they call the pleasure of sex for the pleasure oh, of sex. Oh, absolutely. Oh, and there's nothing more depressing. It, it, well, yeah, I would agree with you, and that's that's what's happened with our youth these days. They they think to, that that's what they that's what it is, and that's love. Um, and I don't know quite when that started. That that you know, just physical sex between two people, they're consenting, of course. Uh, became what we call love or, or, or an intimate experience. Um, I don't particularly see it that way. Um, sex is sex. And I think that when you have a, a level of, in fact, I know, I don't think about it. This is what I know. It's a matter of being. It's not the doing so much. It's in the being. Being present with yourself, being authentic with yourself, and knowing that when you are in that intimate feeling that you truly feel the levels of love for that other person. And I think that's very, very important because if it doesn't go that way, I think it can fool a lot of people, and that's where a lot of people get hurt is because one or the other is not being truthful. And you think, wow, this person is in love with me. We're going to have an intimate time together when, in fact, he wanted the bonk. And that's kind of too bad, but that's, that's, uh, that's life. But let's talk for a bit about the, the levels of intimacy. Let's get right to that. You know, as far as I don't mean quite necessarily to put it as the levels, but we're down to that level of love in intimacy. Okay. That's a, a very broad subject. Let me try and uh, pull it in a bit and be a bit more specific specific i'm going to actually disagree with you a little bit when you say sex is sex no i mean i've had the experience of bad sex i mean luckily it was a long time ago but i i I won't ever forget it (laughs) so and i've also had the the experience of amazing sex which can be like a spiritual experience and and a a deeply moving experience and there's a lot in between and and Jeffrey I, I think there's quite a bit to be said for the uh, I, I would call it a meaningless bonk a, a zipless I'm not going to use the F word but there's something to be said for that if you're going into it 
with an awareness. I would agree with you okay. there. But I, I think where I was where I was going to was, in fact, if you're talking about intimacy, mm. is, is it to be construed as intimacy when you just have sex for the pleasure of two people that are, that are condoning that? Is it is it an intimate experience? Can be. Can be. be. Have you never had the Have you never had the experience of just locking eyes with someone across a, a train carriage or something, and that's all that happens, and you have a, a wonderful flirtation for a fleeting moment, maybe thirty seconds or something? Um, that can be a very uplifting experience. Or, yeah. or you know, you're driving along in your car, and the guy in the next lane beeps you and cruises you and, and winks at you. I mean, that can be a wonderful experience. Well, I haven't quite had that one happen personally, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but I understand where you're coming from. But is that not somewhat of an intimate experience? Is Sorry, say the question again. Is, would that not be construed as more of an intimate experience? You know, where do you draw the yes. line with saying, you know, this is this is intimacy. This is this is like a wow feeling. Is it is is just sex an intimate experience? It can be, absolutely. Right. Absolutely. If you have the awareness and again I think we live in a society with so many negative messages around sex. I mean I thought I'm just gonna speak for myself. I grew up thinking, in a small town thinking that women that liked sex were slutty. And you absolutely mm. did not want to get the reputation of being slutty. So that meant all sorts of things. Like if you had a boyfriend, you had to wait a really long time before you slept with him. Uh, you. So I grew up with a lot of messages around sex that it, it's forbidden, there's a lot of shame around it. Right, right. When actually, it can be a very healthy, fulfilling, supportive experience if you have the right awareness. And I think where people go wrong is this myth that gets perpetuated in our society that men want sex and women want romance. And it's rubbish because we want to get our rocks off as much as the men do, but wish shrouded in the shame and the all that goes with the the conditioning and the upbringing that we've had which mm. leaves us in again in that that word I keep coming back to disempowered so I know I am definitely about empowering people I know that that's what you do as well so let's empower people to be in their sexuality and make the choice so that for me would be able to say yes if I want to go and have sex with someone I will have it, and I'm not going to be defined by anyone else's rules around that. I won't disagree with you there. I won't disagree at all, and I think everybody's right is to be able to do that, consenting, um, that that's what they choose to do, whether it's uh, friends with benefits or whether it's two people that are, are pursuing the potential of having a loving relationship. Um, you know, they want to see, are they compatible? I totally agree with you there. And you have to have yeah. that. That, as you said, the person looking across as you're driving along and you pull up to a stoplight and the next thing you know you're being looked at and it's like, oh, hello, how are you? Or you meet somebody for the first time and over a period of time you re-meet them and their eyes connect. I agree with you on that 100%. And so therefore they are all levels of intimacy. Basically people would have to feel that way. Is that correct? Absolutely. There are all levels of intimacy. I mean, I had the experience of being in a 
very long and very loving relationship. Now, that has its merits. And I also know that people are in relationships where there isn't intimacy. There, There is no intimacy. They are going through the motions. A lot of people stay together for the sake of the children or... Increasingly, I mean, very sad to say, a lot of my clients that I see, they stay in relationships for, in marriages for financial reasons. They, very you know, true. don't feel that they have the, the power to get out. So, and they are in relationships where they really are not getting their intimate needs met at all. They are absolutely cut off and numb from their feelings around sex and intimacy. Yeah. Absolutely agree with you, and it stems to a lot of different issues in the mind, and a lot of that stuff happens in that two- to seven-year-old period of time of learning and being taught by parents who were taught by parents, or somebody, and some people say, well, I didn't have my parents, I, I grew up without my parents, but they were raised by somebody, and going back a minute, you are so right about the human baby. You know, we have to have that feeling of love, that touch, that everything that goes along with that, and we're supposed to be perpetuated through our life. And when we get to a point in life where you don't feel it and you don't have it any longer, our mind does something with that. And it starts to look for it. That's the thing. It sets you up in in, in a subconscious way of saying, I want and I desire because I have the right to, and that's why a lot of a lot of marriages are going south Maybe they weren't set up to be in that marriage to begin with. That's a whole other story, another question. But if people would come to that realization that if you are in the relationship, why are you in the relationship? And again, another show, uh, because I think that would be phase two as we're going to talk about this, is to get to another show, Sarah, on that. And I'd love to have you back on, as a matter of fact, and we could talk about that as far as the relationship status goes and the you know, the finding your mate, the finding your person that you want to spend that time with, as you said, a long-standing, beautiful, intimate, loving, sexual relationship. And that is what everybody deserves. We are loving, sexual beings. Without it, we wouldn't be here. And you can either think about it as just an act of sex or an act of love. I choose to think about it as an act of love, although I understand that people just have sex. I agree with that. I understand that. Mm. And I would also like to say something about, I mean, there was a massive phenomenon here. Did you have the same phenomenon in the States of the book Fifty Shades of Grey? Oh, yes. It was talked about for some time. (laughs) (laughs) And I just think there was a time last year when I could not sit down on the tube um, without, you know, the woman opposite me would be reading it or I would sit down in a cafe, the woman on the next table would be reading it. And to me, it was just heartbreaking that I would, I mean, I like to think that maybe they were getting all worked up and going home and, and doing lots of bonking with people. But do you know, my, my, Gut feeling, my guess is, Jeffrey, that these people were just reading these books rather than doing it. I think, why aren't you doing it? Why are you reading about it? Why aren't you doing it? (laughs) It's a level of esteem. They're reading something that they truly wish to be. That's what romance noveling is about, and and books like The Fifty Shades of Grey, and, and a wonderful book, by the way. I, I applaud the author in getting it out there. The, the difference is, are people just reading the book and putting it down, or as you said, are you doing something about it, which means being. Are you being the true you? Are you going to a point of being that? Can you be that that you read about in that book and others? 
That's really what it comes mm-hmm. down to. I, I agree with you. I mean, our, our motto with Authentic You Media, with our authenticity that we, we move through, no matter what our programming is or what radio show we have, TV, live events, webinars, et cetera, is be you. You need to be you. You need to be your authentic self. Now, if you're going to be your authentic self, you're going to read a book like that, and you can go, whoa, I just learned something. Now I need to do something about it. That's great. That's great thought. We're down to like three and a half minutes of showtime left, Sarah. I cannot believe that we have we have just had some wonderful discussion today about this subject of intimacy in all forms. We are definitely going to have you back on. There's no question about that. But I would, if, if I'd love to ask you, if you would tell folks how to best get in touch with you because you are a fantastic coach. You coach in this, and you have guided many, 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 many people to the other side of what we're talking about. So, folks, if you truly want, and it's your decision, do you want to change your mind? Do you want to go to that place of having that sexual, intimate, beautiful relationship to feel good about yourself? Did you lose that weight? Did you kick bad habits, et cetera? It's all part of it. So, Sarah, let them know how to get in touch with you. Yes, it would be my absolute pleasure to do that. Um, go to my website and make a note of this, because if you just Google my name, my old website will come up, and there's nothing wrong with that. You can get my details, but it's best to go to my website, which is www.ellishypnosis.com. And, yes, and I'm having said about soft addictions i'm always on facebook so you can find me on facebook i have a fan page and it's just my name sarah ellis fan page sarah ellis public figure so you can find me on and hook up with me that way as well please get in touch as jeffrey said as and when you're ready i'm here when you're ready to really step into your most authentic you and be the most fabulous and ebullient and sexy and having fun person that you can be when you're ready you know where i am sounds intimate in itself all of that that's absolutely fantastic and sarah i'd like to say thank you very much by the way for being with us today and joining on with our show interviews with authentic you authentic you media and we have many 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 shows folks that you know check with our website etc and also sarah i'd like to say you lead by example which inspires others, and I want to thank you for that. I am humbled by that, and, and to call you friend and share with us today. Thank you so very much. Oh, you're very welcome. It's been an absolute pleasure. So much fun. The time's just gone quickly, and I know that this is just the beginning for us, Jeffrey, because you know I want to be over there in America. So this is the beginning. <laughs> love to have you, and uh, I'm going to be heading over in that direction, as a matter of fact. Uh, we're going to be doing some live events. Authentic You Media will be doing a live event there this fall, as it all goes as planned, and we'll keep everybody abreast on that. And thank you again. We're down to a final minute, and folks, thank you so very, very much. My name is Jeffrey Miller, and I am the interventionist, uh, strategic interventionist, hypnotherapist, NLP practitioner. I, like Sarah, want to guide you and contribute to you to help you overcome these issues of low self-esteem, debilitating beliefs, negative self-talk, etc. You can do it. And Sarah has really hit the nail on the head today. Again, Sarah, thank you so very, very much for being on with us on interviews with Authentic You. 
Oh, you're welcome. It's been fantastic, and I really look forward to hearing more from all your listeners and you. Thanks a lot, Jeffrey. Good night. Thank you. Blessings to you. We'll talk with you soon. Thanks. And, folks, there will be another show, I promise. Sarah will be back with us. We'll let you know. Have a marvelous, marvelous rest of your day. Blessings to all of you.